Discover the leader in you with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, former New England Patriot turned PhD. I bring a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the National Football League Players Association, and the White House, each week I will prescribe empowering, motivational, and life-changing medicine for your soul. Now, it's time to discover the leader in you. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition. You know, I always consider it a privilege to interact and engage, and we are broadcasting live to close to 200,000 people. So when you talk about influence and impact, that's definitely going to happen today. You know, the title of today's show is The Impact of NFL Concussions on Loved Ones and Those Left Behind. You know, many people familiar with playing sports understand that there's a certain level of risk involved due to the competitive nature of athletes and their desire to win. However, there's a growing sentiment around understanding when the line has been crossed between playing hard and a threat to an athlete's physical well-being. This question has been placed front and center, you know, with the most recent player lawsuits filed against the NFL by current and former players. There's even a new movie starring Will Smith set to be released on December 25th called Concussion that is reported to share the challenges of reporting on the impact of concussions. At issue is the mounting evidence of whether CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, a progressive degenerative brain disease, brain disease found in athletes is caused by repetitive brain trauma. To date, 96% of NFL players examined, examined by Boston University and the Department of Veteran Affairs show the presence of the disease and 79% of all football players as a whole. While those facts are staggering, I believe there is a hidden impact and toll that is taking place the public does not see and they are not being made aware of the impact upon those left behind when the disease takes a tragic toll upon the individuals suffering from CTE. On today's show, we have Michael Duerson, who will share his perspective and insights on the impact of NFL concussions on loved ones and those left behind. But before we do that, just want to remind everybody we'd love to hear from you. You can actually give us a call at 1-888-281-1110, or you can tweet your questions to at Jason Carthen. We'd love to interact with you. And this is certainly a hot-button topic and I know that uh, many of the former players are just probably eagerly listening and they'd love to be able to share some of their thoughts. So if you want to call in, please give us a call at 1-888-281-1110. And then I just want to remind everybody, I'd love to connect with you at Jason Carthen. Definitely do that. And then we have some personal development tools for you at jasoncarthen.com. So make sure you navigate over there. We'd love to be able to interact with you and uh, make sure we're providing value to you. Now, before I introduce Michael, just want to let everybody know someone special is back on the mic this week. Honey, how are you? I'm good. How's everybody doing today? Well, I know I'm doing well, and I know this is going to be exciting. Now, without further ado, let me share a little bit about Michael. Now, this man has been a game changer in business, 32 years as the director management level, doing different things with day-to-day -day operational responsibilities. 
He's been supervising over 500 exempt and non-exempt employees, as well as managing multi-state state plants ranging from 40,000 to 1,000 square feet within manufacturing disciplines. He has been impactful since uh, earning his degree at Purdue University. Michael, I just want to say to you, man, I'm excited to have you on the show. How are you today? Uh, very good. Uh, just got in from uh, church, and uh, as I have said in my uh, bio to you, I'm a servant leader, and uh, uh, Sunday's a special day for me to get my batteries recharged and to mm-hmm. um, get uh, filled to uh, continue to engage in the missionary work that we're doing. Yeah, that is great. And you are doing a lot. We're actually going to unpack some of that uh, as the show progresses. You know, one of the things that I think our listeners need to be aware of is that you are very intentional in carrying out your calling as a servant leader. You're doing things in the community, and we're going to unpack that a little bit soon. But, Michael, let's go back so we can go forward. You know, for those of you that don't know uh, Michael Duerson and just his uh, backstory, you know, Michael, can you share a little bit about how concussions have affected you personally? Uh, yes, actually, uh, I was uh, exposed to concussion most likely before Dave. I'm t- two years his senior and uh, played basketball at IUPUI. Uh, in 1977, I sustained a brain concussion that left me with paralysis on my left side for uh, about six months, mm. a little over. Okay. And um, uh, as I've gotten older, I've continued uh, getting treatment uh, since I was 18 years old. I'm now 57. And... Uh, I've been on meds for more than three decades, and uh, traditionally uh, athletes don't get treated for uh, the psychological and neurological problems that they get from um, uh, traumatic brain injury. Uh, I'm a part of the uh, Boston Brain Bank, uh, the uh, legend study. Uh, they thought, uh, actually, if you look at my picture, and uh, you'll see that Dave and I, look, most people thought we were twins. Yes, I saw and that. So uh, <laughs> the uh, legend study thought it would be interesting to uh, follow me uh, while I'm living, and I've also donated my brain and spinal cord to the brain bank uh, so that they can do testing uh, uh comparing myself with David and any others that they have uh, in their, uh, in their bank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Michael, uh, thank you for sharing that and just giving us a little bit of uh, insight. Now, let me, let me ask you, you've mentioned um, Dave several times. Could you give us just the backstory of uh, what happened? Because many of our listeners may not know uh, what took place and just the tragedy. Uh, that occurred. My brother David uh, was the captain of Notre Dame. Uh, he was a um, two-time Super Bowl winner in the, in the NFL with uh, the 85 Chicago Bears. 
in the 90-91 New York Giants, uh, coached by uh, Coach Parcells. He went on and played an additional three years for the uh, then Phoenix Cardinals. Uh, Dave uh, had a photographic memory. He was much smarter than I am. And um, he, after uh, starting uh, a uh, supplier business for McDonald's, we supplied uh, sausage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Dave, uh, after I joined him to run the plants for him, he went to Harvard and got an executive MBA. And then uh, when he came back, uh, he decided to start Dorsen Foods. And he was in the industry for oh, probably 15 or 16 years, I think. Okay. Um, kind of guessing at that. That's okay. Because I didn't join him uh, in his business immediately. I continued to do uh, my work in the automotive, uh, off-highway, and uh, uh, the food industry and pharmaceuticals and chemicals. And then I joined with Dave, and uh, we were able to grow the business for a good while. But with his effort to start Dorsen Foods from the ground up, um, the impact on his cash flow was too great. And so we were not successful. Okay. Okay. So what happened with uh, Dave relative to, I know that Dave actually was experiencing a lot of uh, challenges. I had an opportunity to meet Dave one time through an FCA event. And you, he was sharp. (laughs) He's a very sharp guy, much like you, very sharp and a lot of uh, great things uh, that he was doing, and I was struck by uh, just how well versed he was uh, relative well, to Dave, business. Well, Dave, um, he had a lot of interests. Uh, first of all, as an undergraduate, uh, he graduated from Notre Dame with honors in economics, mm-hmm. and as I said, he then got an MBA at uh, Harvard. Uh, he was very well read. Um, just a very intelligent person uh, that had many interests. Uh, he was a person that gave back to the community. There was a guy that he played high school football with that uh, drowned in an accident. And Dave, um, in his honor, held about 14 years of uh, football camps in our hometown of Muncie, Indiana, mm. uh, in his friend's honor. Wow. Uh, and he taught uh, football, and, but he, he would say he taught a little football and a lot about life. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he insisted on uh, the uh, participants being drug and alcohol-free. Yeah. And so that was... Uh, his main push in those days. He also held camps in uh, Chicago, and uh, I believe he did some out in Arizona as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so he really had a, a passion for people and more than just 
the idea of uh, normal philanthropy. He wanted to help develop people. You know, that's what it sounds like. Yes, and what happened with him and his life is uh, sort of a, I don't know if I'm on a parallel track or not. That's why I left my uh, uh, brain and, and uh, spinal cord uh, to the brain bank. Uh, Dave uh, suffered from uh, CTE. Uh, he took his life uh, February 17, uh, 2011, and left a note that uh, his brain be given to the to the uh, NFL brain bank, which was at Boston University. Um, yeah. It came as a shock to all of us. Yeah, uh, they too. had moved to uh, southern uh, Miami on a little island out there, and uh, we didn't get to see him very much for about a three-year period. Mm-hmm. Uh, David knew more about mental health than most people would imagine because he was my power, medical power of attorney. And during the 23-year period that... Uh, He was my uh, medical power of attorney. I voluntarily went into the locked psych ward 18 times uh, because of the, um, because of how devastating the problems were that I was having with uh, uh, chemical imbalances from changes in the medicines. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just became very difficult uh, for me, and I needed uh, to take time each time the meds were adjusted. I'd have to be hospitalized in order to make a monitor and determine if uh, they had finally gotten me to the uh, proper cocktail to allow me to get eight hours sleep. Wow. And um, that really never happened until I was uh, over 50 years old. Uh, most of my life, I since the concussion, I only slept for four to five hours a night. Michael, let me do this. I mean, this is your story is so powerful. We have to take a, a break here in the studio, but when we come back, I want to just pick up the story uh, right from where you left off because you have been able to manage this in a way that most people probably would not be able to. So make sure you stay tuned. We'll be right back, everybody. We are talking about the impact of NFL concussions on loved ones and those that are left behind. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. to discover the leader in you. We're talking about the impact of NFL concussions on loved ones and those left behind. Michael, it's great to have you on the show. Looking forward to hearing more about your story and just want to take a moment to thank you for being a guest today. I know it's not an easy subject to talk about, but us wives and, and people out here, we just need to be informed about this. And um, I just want to thank you for being a guest today. Well, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity to share uh, as I was saying, uh, it's taken the doctors a long time to get to a cocktail that will 
allow me to sleep eight hours. I actually take over 20 pills a night oh uh, in order for my brain to slow down so that I can go to sleep. And then I take uh, about 13 pills in the morning uh, to get me going. Uh, and Michael, but, uh, let, I'm, I'm, let me ask I'm you. Not, I'm not, uh, I don't really consider it a bad thing. I actually wear my disability badges as a, Badges of honor. Um, um, when I was in uh, the uh, uh, workforce, normal workforce, I became a vice president of Borg Warner at age 28. Mm-hmm. And uh, in 2006, I was uh, inducted into the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago as one of the top 10 African American engineers in the country. Now, Michael, that's, let me, uh, let me ask you something, Michael, because, you know, I think our listeners, they need to understand that you have developed a way to cope, you know, with what's taking place uh, after the uh, concussion. And what, how do you, when you say you were able to wear it almost as a badge of honor, how do you stay upbeat and what is your support system like? I mean, what, what is that like? Actually, uh, the support system I have is a wonderful wife. Mm. Uh, we've only been, we're, we are uh, at our third anniversary this week. Oh, congratulations. And, uh, thank you. <laughs> and she was actually one of David's best friends uh, from seventh grade through his uh, adult life. Wow. And David had been... Uh, telling her that she needed to call me uh, during the last year of his life or so, and I never answered her calls. And after he passed, uh, she called, and I answered, and we talked, and about a year passed, and the people in Muncie uh, were asking us to do something to honor Dave because uh, Dave's... uh, funeral uh, was in uh, Chicago, and the uh, local Muncie people wanted to do something to uh, celebrate his life, so we had a dinner, and at that dinner, uh, people gave us money, and we weren't asking for any money. We thought we were simply doing a dinner, and that would be the end of it, Mm -hmm. and so we ended up with this pile of money, and... uh, uh, Lori and I, my wife, we weren't married at the time, and we decided to uh, form the Dave Dorsen Athletic Safety Fund Incorporated. Wow. And uh, that fund uh, is basically, uh, the basic mission is to uh, educate, detect, and uh, pro- provide treatment for uh, athletes and students. So we start uh, with students from K to 12. We give them educational materials. Um, the primary uh, technology that we use for that education is uh, what are called concussion goggles. Mm-hmm. And these goggles give the kids the symptoms of uh, concussion. And uh, so they go through a attention span uh, 
problems, working memory problems, sustained and selective attention time, uh, response variability, nonverbal problem solving, and reaction time changes. Wow! And so, so that's uh, that's K through twelve, and then let me ask the you. Athletes, but let me ask yeah. you this though, Michael: when you when you because this is a big deal when you give them those goggles. And you're trying to almost simulate or get them to understand what they're going to feel like. Do they report that it's effective when you do that sort of thing? Very effective. Wow. Uh, okay. In fact, the schools, we, we started in Muncie, Indiana, because that was our hometown. Okay. And the schools, uh, administrators have asked us for a second pair of the goggles so that they can uh, work through each of the grades in their buildings uh, more uh, effectively. And so we're in the process of uh, fundraising to give them a second pair of the goggles. Um, But uh, the second protocol that we have is for student-athletes. And then uh, Indiana uh, Athletics, on behalf of your school, begins a fifth grade, which is 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And we provide the impact test, which is the number one brain activity test in the world. It's used by World Cup soccer, uh, the NFL, the NBA, uh, NHL, boxing. Um, it's just a very well-regarded test. We provide that at our cost. Uh, and to the schools of Muncie. And uh, we spread out from Muncie to Delaware County, which is the county within uh, that that contains Muncie, Indiana. And then we uh, provided uh, the protocol for the concussion goggles to the largest uh, school system in the state, which is Indianapolis, and we're now working on uh, doing fundraising uh, to do the greater Indianapolis metropolitan area, uh, which will uh, be a very large uh, number of people. Uh, at that time, we'll probably be serving uh, uh, over 300,000 students. And we are actively in discussions with the Chicago Public Schools to provide um, the protocols that we use for the uh, Chicago Public Schools, and that's just short of 700 schools. Now, Michael, it, when we talk about impact, like we said at the very beginning of the show, you know, I think our listening audience needs to understand that you know, through the, the tragedy that happened with David, you have picked up the torch and you not only are running with it, but you're basically lighting it and other people are just getting on board and they're saying, I want to be a part of this and this is working effectively. And did you think through the tragedy that took place that this sort of thing would happen when you first got started with the uh, Duracell Athletic Safety Fund or? No, it was a, one of those things where God didn't allow me to sleep well for a few nights and uh, had a conversation with Lori, and we just um, 
sort of did brain bashing, you might call it, and sharing, and, and we decided that uh, we wanted to take an approach that we didn't see others taking, and that was to train kids from kindergarten through 12th grade on what concussion is, and we we worked very diligently to find a way that they would experience the symptoms. And then we wanted to be able to collect data on kids uh, that get concussions. And so we, we thought it was important that we have that data from their first uh, school athletic activity. And uh, so we started with the fifth graders and uh, we know that schools don't have money, so we actively fundraise and pay for all of the uh, equipment and technologies and testing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so right now, as I said, we're uh, fundraising for the greater uh, metropolitan area of Indianapolis, and we're also fundraising to do the Chicago Public Schools. Wow. And all of the other schools that we have worked with previously, we continue to fund them. Well, Michael, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, you mentioned something that I find intriguing and I tell people about it all the time, but that research and that data piece, you know, we need to pick that back up when we come back from break. Hey, everybody, we are talking about the impact of NFL concussions on loved ones and those left behind with Michael Dewerson. It's a great show, everybody. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Discover the Leader in You. We are talking to Michael Durson about the impact of NFL concussion on loved ones and those left behind. Ladies and gentlemen, as a wife of a former NFL player, I cannot tell you how intriguing this show is to me and how just listening to Michael share his story is touching my heart. I just encourage you guys to call with any questions at 1-888-281-1110. We're here live talking with Michael, and also tweet us live at Jason Carthen. We'd love to hear from you guys. And a special shout-out to all of my uh, Instagram followers that it's just been lighting up here and people are following. Thank you for that. Make sure you stay connected with me on Instagram and on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Appreciate each and every one of you. Michael, uh, my wife just cut in there, and I guess my thing, I want to ask, too, just to switch gears here, we're going to go back and we're going to talk about the stats and the data, but – how is how is Lori? Uh, how is she dealing with everything right now? Because I I know both of you are making an impact with the uh, Duerson Athletic Safety Fund, but the day to day, you know, because I have some bad days, and I'm wondering. I don't know if you have bad days, but how does Lori? How does she deal with that? And then I know Em. I want to hear from you too. If you have some thoughts. Well, I I tell you. Um... If, if anyone has a Proverbs 31 wife, I have one. All right. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm blessed uh, her. Amen. Uh, she has a degree in finance and also a degree in uh, information systems. Mm. And uh, she just makes everything work. 
she has a way of being able to take uh, when God gives me vision uh, to make it clear even to me uh, by her ability to uh, listen and um, convert my conversation into uh, rational uh, grant requests and uh, letters and she just uh, and the, the system would not work without her um, that is so I, I am uh, I'm not even on the board I uh, purposely uh, did not take a position on the board because uh, there were some small-minded family members that suggested that I was making money on my brother's death, which uh, is not even uh, close to any reality. Uh, we're a 501c3, and the government allows us to take 40% of that money for administrative purposes and salaries and that. And uh, the Dave Dorson Athletic States Fund Incorporated uh, the monies that we uh, raise, all of it goes directly into school systems for equipment and uh, for the services that we provide. And the only money that is not spent on that is what is spent on uh, printing materials from the uh, Centers for Disease Control. Uh, CDC used to provide their materials uh, hard copy, but they've had a cost reduction, so we have to go to their website and print the, the documents off. Yeah. And they're color, color printed, and we don't want the schools to have to incur that cost, so we print for the schools. And that's the only money that is it ends up going to the school, but we have to use it under our name to get enough ink Absolutely. and paper yeah. to be able to provide the uh, information that they need. We yeah. also have a database where we uh, twice per month uh, provide uh, information on uh, concussions and traumatic brain injury. We provide information uh, on any white papers that have been published uh, recently, and we're trying very uh, much to educate the uh, parents, uh, the nurses in the school systems, the educators, and their administrators on uh, the proper things to do with concussion, and also keeping them uh, aware of the uh, research that's being done. Yeah, and Michael, let me let me ask you this then. So, Kudos to Lori and just for her support and then also to my wife. Uh, you know, you, it resonated with me, you know, when you just shared that she makes it all work. And a lot of days I feel like that with him, my wife, uh, Mariti. I mean, she's just um, just intentional uh, with just uh, standing in the gap uh, wherever that may need to be. She does that. And just kudos uh, to Lori and to him and let me switch gears and ask you, now we talked a little bit before we had transitioned on the last break about the whole idea of data collection 
And do you collect your data from the impact test or is it based upon respondents or where are you getting your data from and what is it telling you? Well, uh, all, all students that uh, go out for sport, whether they make it or not, have to take the impact brain activity test prior to their first practice. Okay. So we get baseline data on their brain function. Okay. And then the ones that make the team uh, or get injured in any way, you know, with a bump uh, or uh, impact to the body or the head, uh, we provide them uh, with a uh, post-injury test, which is administered by a impact-trained um medical uh, practitioner and the student athlete is not able to return to uh, to play until their brain activity t- uh, test score uh, matches or exceeds their baseline score okay so we've had a kid the average kid will end up going back for testing uh, three times uh, we've had kids that go back as many times as seven before seven. they're released. Oh my to, goodness! Uh, well, now we've we've been doing this since 2012 uh, in uh, in uh, Muncie, Indiana, and Delaware County. Um, it, as I said, it's uh, it's an on the fund is a, a ongoing mechanism to, for funding. So uh, each year that we take on a new uh, school system, uh, we dramatically increase the funding that we have to have, and that's how God gave it to us mm-hmm. to do it, and uh, he's never failed us yet. We yeah. haven't, we've never had a bill that we received that he didn't provide the funds to be able to pay the bill. Amen. That's good stuff right there. That is good stuff. Now, I would imagine uh, that you have to have a certain level of uh, community support. I mean, do you have people that rally around you and Lori? Do you guys just, uh, do you have like uh, key fundraisers that take place every year? And does a community come out and get behind that when you go into these different school systems? Uh, Actually, uh, we raise the funds uh we, we go on the, it's a it's a missionary work for us okay first of all mm-hmm. and we'll identify um, either at the request of philanthropists or uh, we'll identify an area like like chicago we want to go there because dave spent so many uh, years of his adult life there and so we we start the fundraising long before we approach the school and um, so a great portion of uh, the heavy lifting for the fundraising is already done. And then we have to go in and educate the uh, school administrators and school boards and mayors on what we're trying to do, mm-hmm. what we intend to do. And once they get the concept, uh, it, it flows very nicely. Excellent. Uh, but uh, initially, we find that school administrators and school boards uh, don't understand the idea that 
we're offering these services at no cost to them, mm-hmm. and that we intend for it to be revenue neutral for mm-hmm. them long long term. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, they uh, they look at us with a strange look when we come in, and they're basically a family that's doing it. Although uh, the board is consist consists of uh, non-family members. Right. Because uh, that's not the normal model. You know, I mean, Michael, you guys, that's why I said at the beginning, you guys are doing some amazing things because, <clears throat> excuse me, in a normal nonprofit structure, I mean, hey, <laughs> you you have individuals that are leaning upon that uh, support uh, heavily to be able to move forward. And you guys are really doing it in a very uh, organic uh, way. And to be able to line up some of that funding like you shared before you even move into that school system just says a lot about the vision and also the mission. People want to get behind it. So now let me ask you something because we have to take a quick break. But when we come back from break, I want to ask you, could the NFL be doing more? You know, I mean, that's that's one of the things that I want to pick up when we come back from the uh, break, because there's a. I mentioned at the top of the show, you know, there's a movie coming out on December 25th with Will Smith uh, that talks about concussions and just the impact. So stay tuned, everybody. We are having just a a great conversation with uh, Michael Dewerson, and he's uh, sharing just some wisdom around the impact of NFL concussions on loved ones and those that are left behind. They don't have to be victims. They can be victors as well. Everybody, you know what? We have been talking about some great stuff today, and Michael has been sharing some nuggets relative to never being a victim. You can still be a victor, you can move forward in life despite your circumstances. And you know, I just want to share a special announcement um, just with everybody that you know it's it's one of those things that we have a passion for young people and impact in the community my wife and i do as well and just as a reminder we have our annual influence charity dinner and silent auction that's going to be taking place on march 19th in 2016 at the hilton in uh, twinsburg ohio we'd love for people to be engaged and get involved you can actually give us a call uh, to get your tickets, or you can go to the website at thelotinitiative.org. You can call the offices at 330-425-0962. Early registration is already open. We'd love to have you there. And I know our ED probably has something she want to say. I was just going to say, I know the ED, so uh, tickets could possibly be on sale sooner than later. So uh, give us a call today, and uh, we'll be sure to save you a seat at the table. Yeah, that is a great event, everybody. And we just keep outpacing ourselves every year with attendance and we just love for you to be a part so Michael we are not where you are man but you know our little nonprofit is moving forward and we're trying to help as many young people as we can I just want to applaud you uh, for what you're doing man it's it's just amazing it's amazing well, it, it's, it's not me this is this is all God's work and mm-hmm. uh, that's that's something that uh, we don't talk about directly to the school systems because um, they can't handle it. But uh, for those that are awake and bring it up to us, we do let them know that 
this is mission work. Yeah. And um, uh, we, we, we uh, are inspired by the Lord to go to certain areas. And, uh, and as I said, he's never allowed us to have a bill that we couldn't pay. Amen. Uh, we, we may end the year with zero and uh, start with a, a fresh vision and, and have to start fundraising for a particular project. But mm-hmm. uh, this is all based on the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. And, and you know, as long as, you know, the Lord is leading and you stay sensitive to the Spirit, you know, and lean upon discernment, then, hey, at the end of the day, you know, God will demonstrate favor. And then even when, even in the lean times, I mean, he's still there. <laughs> he's still there and he's intentional. Sure. And uh, we can always learn something from the lean times, too. My wife and I, during our devotional times in the morning, you know, it's, it's one of those things that we give praise because we understand, you know, what it's like to not have. But we also understand what it's like to be in a place of abundance and just understand that there has to be a balance, uh, between those two at all times. So you can still be used uh, by God. That's the, that's the big thing. So, well, let me ask you something now, before we went to break, you know, I, I, I raised the subject and I, I think people probably want to know, do you think that the NFL could be doing more relative to CTE and just the whole impact of concussions? Because it's, it's getting, it's getting pretty bad, man. I mean, you know, we, I think at the top of the show I talked about it being uh, 96% of NFL players examined by Boston University and the Department of Veteran Affairs show the presence of CTE. That's why well, I, I think the NFL uh, definitely could do more. For example, where we're collecting brain activity uh, data on kids that 10 years old, uh, fifth grade, when they first start sports. They're playing tackle football. And uh, most of the legislatures around the country are focusing on football players uh, in high school. We start with all athletes, girls, boys, and cheerleaders, and football players uh, uh, at fifth grade and we track them through high school. Now, that data is available on the database, and many universities use impact, so they can take that athlete that they um, get from a particular high school, if it's one that we're tracking, and they can continue to track them with the same data because uh, the impact test is the same for a Ten-year-old kid, uh, as well as a professional athlete that's thirty-five years old, mm. and so we think that uh, they're missing the boat uh, in the uh, the tracking of young people because we don't know when this concussion uh, accumulation begins, but at least we're collecting the data. And uh, we're hopeful that we can inspire uh, some of the people uh, to begin to use the data that we have. We have uh, over 10,000 tests in our database right now. 
and uh, and that's going to go up dramatically as we get into larger school systems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but those data points are so important, you know, relative to you know being able to create a tapestry and, and tell the story. People need to see, you know, what are the distinctions between this area, this group of kids, between this other group. You know, so it's just it's just great that you guys are doing that. And to your point earlier about Lori being able to go to some of the grant-making institutions, I mean, they always want to know how are you doing relative to tracking the data. And it sounds like you guys are doing that. And, you know, again, I, I just want our listening audience to understand that, you know what, there are no victims here. You know, we talk about the impact of NFL concussions on loved ones and those left behind. It's not a negative impact. Sometimes it can be, but it can also be a motivator and something that will spur you forward to do some amazing things. And you know what, Michael, it sounds like, uh, as you shared, you know, God has placed it on your heart and he's shown you guys favor and great things are happening with that. And and I, and I would have to agree. I, I know that the NFL could be doing more, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn in that way. I do think that everyone's trying to protect their own interest right now. <laughs> and, <laughs> excuse me, unfortunately, that can be a challenge. But at the end of the day, you know, some of these tough conversations need to be held, and it's taking place right now. So I think that's just uh, so necessary at this point. Now, we're getting ready to transition here soon, so I just have a couple more questions for you, you know, Michael. I want to ask you, you guys to date have touched over 70,000 students' lives. What are some yeah. of the future goals of the organization? Do you have some uh, baselines that you're looking for now in terms of the next wave of students? I mean, what's the end goal here? Well, again, uh short term uh, would be the metropolitan area of Annapolis. Indiana, and then in Chicago Public Schools, we have uh, already uh, started an effort for Washington, D.C. Uh, our, our goal is to, uh, not through our work, we're not, we're not so, uh, we, we don't want to, we would prefer that we're not known and the uh, protocols get used in other states and other school systems, uh, we're not looking for any kind of uh, accolades or anything. We're we're trying to build treasures in heaven, not on earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, if someone comes along and takes over the ideas that we have and change them or use them, God bless them. Yeah. Um, the uh, one thing I will say uh, is that. Uh, information about young kids whose brains are still forming is critical to understanding what happens in the latter years uh, 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 regarding a cumulative concussion. Okay. Because we, we need to know if a kid gets a concussion at fifth grade, does that make him more susceptible to concussions in high school and in college? And the effect uh, of the uh, concussion, how dramatic or t- 
traumatic uh, the concussion is or concussions. And um, we need more people uh, collecting data on the young people. I'm, I'm yeah. expecting at some point that we'll get through to Boston University or someone and they'll want to use the data and we'll have good data for them to begin to work with. Yeah. Now, Michael, we are we are out of time. And one of the things I don't want to do, because we only have a few seconds left here, if people want to get in contact with you or if they want the test, where would they go? Their website? Yes, it's DD for Dave Dorson, the word Muncie, which is our town, which is spelled M like Michael, U-N like Nancy. All right. Letter C-I-E. All right. Good stuff. All right. So, Michael, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate everybody. Make sure you tune in next week, everybody. Take care now. You've been listening to Discover the Leader in You with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. We want to hear from you. Connect with us now. Visit our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthen.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Enterprises. Follow us on Twitter at Jason Carthen. Let's keep the conversation going. And if you want to listen to the podcast, go to jasoncarthenradio.com. Be sure to join us every Sunday at 2 p.m. on AM 1420, The Answer, to discover the leader in you. If you would like to be a sponsor for Discover the Leader in You, call Scott Souza at 1-440-552-2995. That's 1-440-552-2995.